Welcome back to the Technology in Worship podcast, where we talk everything technology in worship. And by we, I mean myself, Eric Coleman, and my good buddy, Benji Satorius. Benji, I'm so glad that we get to talk today because we get to talk about lighting, lighting. which I'm not an expert in. Me neither. But I feel like I have grown a lot in my six and a half years of messing with it. Lighting is so important. Our eyes have a difficult time seeing without the proper amount of light. So Mm. visually, when it comes to a video or a live stream or even visually in the room, we can use both the abundance of light and the absence of light to convey a message. Well, I think it was it was a previous episode, maybe I believe episode six, where we talked about the visual workhorse. And part of that discussion, we did talk about how the things that we do visually can make or break a moment or a song. And obviously lighting is included in that, not just what we display on the screens. So lighting makes a huge difference in what we do. And even last episode, I talked about how I would have liked to put a little bit more effort into the light show right. for Easter. For Easter. Yep. So part of the reason for this conversation today is to up that game yep. so that we're so that I'm prepared for next Easter or the next You've got just under a year big <laughs> to get ready. <laughs> Thank I hope, you. I hope you Plenty can do it. Plenty of time. <laughs> So let's let's um let's maybe talk the history of what we've gone through as far as um, lighting experience lighting and things like and that gear yeah so when I first came on staff almost seven years ago now we had a light board just a very basic light board no movers uh, it was basically a bunch of faders that can adjust the house lights the twenty five subject or front lighting that we've got and some LED bars that we had at the time. Wow. And that was basically it. Then we went and decided, let's get rid of the board because I wanted to get some movers. When you started Harvest, what, eight years ago? Yeah, about eight years ago. What was the lighting control system then? It was very similar. It was a lighting board, but I remember it very vividly. It was a lighting board that was like mounted on the wall. Well, you got to save desk space. It was saving desk space. <laughs> <laughs> and it was not be- practical at all. Behind the computer operator. But yeah, it was just like hanging out like a picture yeah. on the wall with its, I don't know, 18 faders or yep. however many. It and chances had. are it was a turn the lights on for the entire service. They're, they didn't really change. Pretty much. Maybe dim them for a video. And that was probably. And there it. was definitely no use of LED fixtures. Right with like RGB color changing. If any color changing was happening, it was a week ahead putting in a filter. Yep. So that was was where we were. We at least did some changing with our board. So we, it wasn't much because it was, I don't remember how many channels. It wasn't very many channels and we did have some LED fixtures. So we did some changing where we like programmed scenes basically and we just had to like push a button 
and it would go from scene to scene, but it wasn't automated. So at that time, it was easy worship we were operating on. They had to click the slide and then use their other hand and click a button on the lighting board and change the colors or whatever it might be. From there, we went to a lighting program on the computer, got rid of the board, and went to NTech DMXs, which we racked for a very long time mm. because it just it was simple. It worked really well, and it could do a lot of things. So we ended up buying a lot more lights and some movers. And so at some point, yeah, you got into the LED. We were yeah DMX world yep. of lighting, which then introduced the automation side of it. Yes. So through MIDI, we automated our lights. So basically, just recalling presets. And you guys were rocking that as well, I think. Yeah, but before we rocked that. Oh, you had something between the whiteboard? I had something between the the other whiteboard and DMX. Okay, what'd you have? That's what I was looking up because I don't remember what it was called because we didn't use it very much. Was it another board? (laughs) It was another board. Okay. And it was more, it was a digital board. We still have the board. So if anyone is looking to purchase a DMX, controllable lighting board. We'll work out a sweet deal for we'll you. Work out a sweet deal for you. But yeah, it was that's when we moved into our current worship center. Why did you do that board? Did it have more faders or to just get it off the wall? Less or? faders, but more like actual channels. Controllable. Like the other one was like a dimmer pack basically. Got it. Okay. So this one was actually DMX channels. Yep. It was not my favorite thing to make adjustments on because it yep. was very difficult UI. Um, but what it did teach me was about DMX because I had no idea what oh, DMX yeah. was at the time. Yeah, I had no idea when I first got started. And I had to like, I had to break things quite a bit before I could understand what DMX yeah. was. Were you in your previous building at this time or were you in your current worship center that you have now this would be the current worship center when i started diving into dmx specific so now that i understand dmx (laughs) a little bit better a little bit better yeah not saying i know all of it but way more than i did at the time yeah i feel like i have a better picture of how to describe it to someone else sure so can i practice for (laughs) you and our listeners sure go ahead everyone's probably wondering How are you going to describe lighting and DMX? One of the most important parts of your worship services is your screen. Think about it. Everyone in your congregation looks to your screen for song lyrics, sermon notes, announcements, and scripture. It's a big deal. To keep your screens looking their very best, look no further than Church Motion Graphics. CMG has all of the eye-catching worship backgrounds, sermon and announcement slides, countdown videos, and more to bring your screens to life. Head over to churchmotiongraphics.com now to find your next great look. DMX. All right. So DMX is a lighting protocol. It's a language that lights speak. And there are, you can have multiple, what are called universes Mm -hmm. in a lighting system. How many channels are in a universe? 
Yes, I'm getting there. Oh, sorry. You're sorry. jumping ahead. Sorry, I'll just keep my mouth closed. But yes, there's 512 channels per one lighting universe. Yep. You're tracking. I'm, I'm right there with you. All right. I don't want to jump ahead, so. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> so, in a, let's just take a, a small wash fixture. You can, most of the time, a manufacturer that makes that will build in certain modes into mm-hmm. the light. Mm-hmm. So This that, is like an LED fixture that you're talking about. LED fixture, yep. yeah. So usually RGB, RGBA, RGBW, like yep. that kind of stuff. Or a mover. So you can either set that light to be set up as a static light. Like just, I want blue. So you just put it on the floor and you tell it to go blue on the light. Or you set it to... DMX mode or you give it an address Yep. and when you give it an address and connect it with a DMX cable or you and I both know that most microphone cables work pretty well. Short runs, yes. Short runs. I'm not saying you should do that in a regular don't, don't system. Do, don't do that. Especially in long runs. You can, you can to get away with it for a little while. Because most fixtures are three pin DMX but there's also five, five pin. pin. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so anyway... You get that fixture, you set it into DMX mode, but then that fixture also might have different modes. So you can set it as like a nine channel mode yep, or a six channel mode, three channel mode. Depending on the light fixture, you got to refer to the user manual right. to get all of that stuff accurate. So anyway, if you take that fixture, that light fixture wash, I... I'd probably set it to three channel mode just to make it super simple if if it has that available just to learn to figure out what you're doing. But three channel mode, that means it's probably going to be the colors red, green, and blue. Correct. And if I set the light fixture to be channel one, that means it's occupying channel one, two, and three of the full 512 channels. Yes. So then on my lighting board, when I turn up channel one, I'm starting to red. add in red. Yep. If I wanted to start turning purple, I would add in that third channel to blue. bring in the blue yep. and make it purple. Yes. Or as close to purple slash pink that yep. you can get. So I feel like that's kind of the general like gist. Yeah, that's good. Of like how I've started to explain what DMX lighting is. <laughs> Because yeah. I just, just I want to offload some of that information to others, yeah. So that it's not just all in my brain, right? But then when you add in fixtures that can move around or do different strobes, essentially the pan function, the left-right function, that's a channel. The and then tilt. There's, there's usually a fine. There's fine. Yep. Yep. Or focus or speed, gobo, all that stuff yeah, is I'm looking all at on some its fix- own I'm channel. I'm looking at fixtures right now. They're like 30 to 40 channels. Yeah. It's a lot of channels. You can address some lights. If you're kind of got a symmetrical space, you could address the same light to be the same address. So say Mul- you have multiple lights as, multiple the, same address. Lights as yeah. the same address. So if you want to put one light on the left side of your stage and the right side of your stage. As long as they're linked together, obviously, you could set them to be the same address if they're the same light and they'll do the same thing. Right, so when you bring red up, both fixtures becomes red. Yes. Yep. You're learning lots. Good job. Thank you. (laughs) 
I'm I, was, to- I was kind of in the same boat when I first started because I'm an audio guy. I got hired, but obviously as a technical director, you kind of need to know everything, lighting and video. I knew some video. I would say lighting was definitely my weakest link of the three. Mine too. I know that I knew about DMX. I knew the gist of how it worked. I know that they all have to like basically piggyback off each other. But that was about it as far as my lighting knowledge. So, yeah, but I've I've grown a little bit now. So, but that was that was good. So with that lighting board going back to the one yep. that we used in the worship center, we set it, but it was kind of like a just advanced to next scene. So we would change it for like I think it was just a general like pre-service worship songs. Yep. Video maybe. Video message. Message. Dismissal. Dismissal. Yep. And but then yeah, you I had come to visit you and you were starting to get into this DMXs thing. Yeah. And I was very fascinated by the fact <laughs> that you could put a cue on a slide and have yes. it change the lights. And I was like, I want to do that. So I went back to our lighting board and realized that that lighting board had a MIDI in. Did not oh, it did have not. that functionality. Okay. okay. It had MIDI in. Okay. But it did not have note on off functionality, which is what the note on off, which is what yep. ProPresenter required for that communication. Yep. I've since learned other ways to get around that. Right. So probably could have made it work, but we're talking seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not today. So that kind of brings us to DMXs and the digital world that you first discovered. And yeah. then I kind of piggybacked on, which allowed for a lot more simple automation. Yeah. And I guess what's the context of the way you utilize light here at Mission? So people can see. Oh, fantastic. Because, <laughs> you know, people, most people think we just walk in, we flip some light switches on and then have a service and everything's good to go. Like we really don't do anything, right? Wrong. That's completely wrong, people. We do everything. And we do it a lot. And we know what we're doing. Most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> um, yeah. So we started with the whole digital lighting thing a long time ago. Like probably six years ago. I've been on staff for almost seven years. It was pretty quick after I got hired. I was like, we're switching to ProPresenter and we need to make lighting a lot easier so I don't have a volunteer stretching his arms both directions to run the mouse or space Slides bar. and, and control lights. lights. I was looking for an inexpensive, easy, and good option, which I think every person in the church world wants cheap and good all at the same time. And I came across DMXs, which... I think it was like three or four hundred bucks or something like that. Three hundred. And right. it worked on our computer. And I'm like, so weird. I demoed it or I watched some videos of it. I mean, and I was like, I think we could do this. Bought it, installed it, and it was great, which then got me into the automation part of it. Of, oh, now I can click, I can put a MIDI queue on ProPresenter 6 at that time, slide. And when I clicked this slide, it changed the lights for me. Sweet. Awesome. So that got into a lot of 
automation and controlling the lights, changing the colors for each slide, well, each song that matches the slides, all that stuff. We weren't really big into haze at the time. We didn't have much backlighting. It was just more or less like uplighting and lighting up stage sets and things like that. But we were changing slide or changing lights Color with every with the slide. slide. Yep. Yeah, but it was super easy. Like the the volunteer just has to click a slide and it just does it in the background, and it was great. As long as the program's open, you could minimize it. Yep, hide it. Didn't and- have to be. Yeah, and once I started doing that regularly, which happened basically since day one of me getting the software, I had so many people come up to me like. I really like the the lights that you did with that matched the background of that song and this song. And it really helped like be in the moment and do all that stuff. So I was like, oh, this okay. I guess I should maybe keep doing this. So I did. <laughs> Six years later. I'm still doing it. <laughs> like a boss. <laughs> so um, yeah. So like I said, at that time, we weren't doing much backlighting or haze. Then we started getting into using Haze a little bit more frequently, but not every weekend. Started adding some backlights. And then it turned into our lead pastor and, and worship pastor like, can we just use Haze every weekend? I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, sure, of course. So then we started doing that, which really just adds a lot of color to the stage. You can um, see the light cones. You can see the beams and beams. all that stuff. And just adds a lot of visual to the stage. Obviously, you know, when we start doing that more frequently, more frequently we get the boy, it's smoky in here. And even to this day, my response is, nah, it's just your glasses. Whether they're wearing glasses or not. It could be mine because mine often are pretty dirty and foggy. (laughs) I see most of the time the people that complain don't have glasses. And so I said, No, it's just your glasses. And it just totally they laugh and they just keep walking like, oh, okay, okay, no big deal. They know about it. It's supposed to be like that. Nice. It's just, yeah, it's just my my funny attitude, I guess. And since then, we've done basically the same concept, same thinking since, I don't know, five years ago to this point. Yeah. Changing colors with the slides and haze every weekend. I think it works fantastically. And all that fun stuff. Especially, I think I found it most useful for when transitioning to a video. Yeah. For instance, when you click the video slide, cues the video lighting, dims the house, dims everything, dims whatever you want. And I don't know, just something about that. I remember always having to like click the video first, turn around the the lighting board on the wall, turn down, and it works. It works, but it's but when you start, yeah, when you start doing that like consistently every single time, where you click a video, that video starts to play, and the lights just automatically go down. It's not like 10 seconds into the video, the lights come down or five seconds or 15 seconds. Like it's consistent. Or the lateness of like not being ready to bring it back up up, at the end of the video. Right. So when you start doing that, episode four, we talked about automation and it's just, it's a game changer. Game changer. When you add that automation stuff or that automation piece to it. So, but yeah, it's, it's been great. Um, I would say over the last... I'd say maybe last year to two years, I've been taking lighting a little more serious of really trying to like be intentional with it versus, oh, I'm using a blue background. I'll have blue, the lights turn blue for the LEDs. 
but now it's a little more intentional with like spotlights and movement movement and things like that and i still want to get a little bit more comfortable and a little bit better with that i'm still growing and learning that stuff but yeah that's that's kind of where we're at in today's world however no longer using dmxs what i dumped it what i know no however so we are still using dmxs in our children's rooms so our youth room and our kids room and then our uh, multi-site campus still uses dmxs i'm probably switching the 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 portable campus soon but in our main room we're running light key now and we've been doing that since christmas last year i remember hearing of a little company called light key probably before i switched to dmxs but at the time i was scared and i didn't know how to use it and i knew someone who knew how to use dmxs <laughs> so i was like this seems better <laughs> Um, and it's a one-time purchase. It's a one-time purchase. Versus like he's Which like he has always, I believe, had a subscription yeah. model since I've known about it. Yeah. But um, we too, Benji, have started that transition I've as heard. well. I've heard. Because I've been inspired by my friend Benji here. <laughs> and that's usually the case. That's usually, yeah, me too. My friend Benji. Oh, nice. But yeah, I'm in the midst of getting like ours deep in it right now, getting ours up and running. How's um, that been going? Pretty great. I'm Sweet. like, in the sense of, I've pretty much only built out my set and got the fixtures in there. Yep. But just playing around with it and clicking the lights and seeing them do different things and move and selecting <laughs> colors based <laughs> on a color wheel versus fader values. Yeah. Let's, let's, I want to hear your side on DMXs before we get too far into light key. Sure. Because you switched over to DMXs after I did. Switched over after you And you, you were did. doing the automation. Notice the trend here. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're just a few weeks behind. Yeah. So uh, you switched over, then you were doing the automation. Like, what were you doing at that time? How did people... Did people this, notice what you were doing? All of that. very similar because bef- with the lighting console... We like I said, we weren't doing a ton with the right. lighting. So <laughs> the very first time we utilized DMXs, I believe at all, and I know for sure with automation, was at a worship night that I was in charge of at the time. And like you had used it a lot. So you came in and helped me me get that up and yep. running. But like from the very first hit of that downbeat when the lights changed <laughs> and I was on stage I was like this is fantastic <laughs> I wasn't even in the back but just like playing around with it in the prep time was fantastic just watching it change on the click of the song because that's, it's, that, it's that, the little things that make a huge difference and that's a, a repetitive operation we always click the first slide of every song right so it just makes sense to link some sort of lighting cue yep. to that. Yep. I've used it every week since then, pretty much. Occasional glitches for me. <laughs> you don't have glitches no, ever. It works great for us. <laughs> um, yeah, so putting it on the first slide, everything can change. But then in a very similar response, people noticed. like They noticed how cleanly the transitions yep. happened. Yeah. 
and I heard about it versus before it wasn't not necessarily bad, but right. it didn't like warrant a response right. of encouragement kind of thing. Pro- well, probably previous to that, it's just they're like what I would probably consider natural light changes. There's a video. What do you do when the video plays? You dim the lights. Like it's a very natural thing to do. Movie theaters, they do the same thing. Movie starts, you dim the lights. Yeah. So most likely you're not going to get a response of, hey, I liked when you played that video and you dimmed the lights. <laughs> because that's normal. <laughs> it's a natural thing. Yeah. But when you start doing it within a song or at the beginning of each song or between songs to match the backgrounds. People notice. People notice that stuff because at that point, it's not a natural thing to do, but they notice it. And I will say we we did some fancy things in DMXs as far as I, I ran multiple movers future with mine. Uh, worship nights that we've yeah. held, and even queuing not from Pro Presenter but from Ableton yeah. outside of. I automated mine from uh, Pro Tools multiple times and so it worked great. It's it's a super powerful program. I believe it's slightly discontinued at this point. I believe so as well. And they're changing it to something called EMU. I E M I U or no E M U something like that. And but what I love about Lightkey really now that we've started to make this transition is the visual. Like you get to see what it's going to look like. Without, sure it's not, without actually seeing it on stage yeah, what it's going to look like. It's not perfect, but it's, it gives you a good really representation close. of what's yeah. going to happen. So yeah, I'm in the midst of setting that up. I'm probably going to come spend some time with you, Benji, <laughs> up at the computer, just looking at how you've laid out your presets yeah. and then your live queue. Yep. Just to get an idea of like what I can actually do. But all of it is like it's still a tool no matter what. Sure. Like the software or there's lots of different of there's lots of options out there for software based or even light board, like physical board based systems. Yeah that really can accomplish the same thing. It's just a matter of what you want to do or not do. Do you want to volunteer to have to operate it or not operate it? Automate, not automate it. Price point, I mean, you can spend next to nothing, like very little money on a board to... Or upwards of tens of grands, of hundreds of grands. Six figures for a board. Which is insane. It is insane. You and I visited a church that had what, like a seventy thousand dollar lighting board, something like that. Yeah, like yeah, that was crazy. They get up there, and and literally everything in between. Yeah, and do they all accomplish the same thing? Most of the Relatively. time. Relatively, I mean, they still have the same universes that you were talking about. Obviously, you can have more universes with a larger a digital, console, a larger console or software base. You can have multiple universes a cheaper less expensive system physical board like it's just it is what it is there's no expanding that and so you might be thinking oh there's no way i can use five there's no way i need 512 channels or more surprised but once you start getting into leds and moving movers like again like i was just saying i'm looking at getting like four or five fixtures that have 30 to 40 channels per fixture and they're not going to be the same address. Address You want the individual controls. Right. So then you're using up 120 channels. Yep. 
So it's it's crazy to think, oh, there's no way, but you it again, adds up quick. It, it does add up. So I'm always in the mindset of looking a few years ahead of whatever I need to buy. So if I'm buying a lighting console that only has 512 channels and I'm using, I don't know, 200 now, well, 512 might not be enough in two years from now or a year from now. So sure, it's going to cost me more money up front, but it will actually save me money in the long run because I don't have to buy two things. I just buy one that's slightly more expensive. Nice. So... For our listeners out there, I just said nice, and I realize that I say nice all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So, obviously, we're light key users. I'm going to speak just a couple of things where I really like about light key from DMXs. You mentioned it, the visual part of it. So, when I first got... It is a game changer for sure. When I first bought Light key. I actually used the free version for probably two or three weeks. I wasn't actually physically using it at church, but I was putting in the fixtures. I was load. I was building scenes, building everything, but not actually using it. So I got away with the free version because I wasn't outputting any DMX signal. Which, by the way, the free version, I believe, does allow 24, 24. channels. It does so not even a full universe. Right. But if you have a small space and you can get away with that, give free. it a try. There's a free version out there for you, which is amazing. So I just loaded it on my laptop, had a free version. I built out, I, I loaded in all my fixtures, did my visual, like stage visual look with the screens and all that stuff, placed my lights where they are on stage, like physically on stage. And I was able to build most of it without actually paying for it or actually physically using Using it, it. which is pretty cool. The next thing I really liked is being able to edit a look or a cue without actually going to that look or cue. Which in DMX is, yeah. if I needed to make a change, I had to physically click, click it, it. Which then takes you out of where you were. Which during rehearsal or during the week is not that big of a deal. But on a weekend. But in the middle of a service, mm. if I need to make a change, which I did make a change in the middle of a service for Easter, I changed some lights because uh, I just I remembered from the previous service. I'm like, oh, I, I need to do that. And then I forgot to do it between services. Service started. I was a- actually able to change those that lights, cue. that cue in the middle of service without actually going to it. That's awesome. Which was pretty stinking cool. I didn't even think about that side of it. That's another game changer. Game changer. Yeah. And then probably the third one that is on the list is just being able to build all the presets. So I have all my colors that are totally separate from like, the position of my movers, light, yeah, or the dimming function, or like all those are built separate, and then I can build a look from all those presets. Yes, and if I need to make a change really quick to something, it's really easy to change the color or the position because it won't affect the other things, which DMX is what didn't allow you to do. Can I get an amen? Amen. So, yeah, it. Like those three things, 
was like... You said you had four things. Oh, should I come up with a fourth? I thought you said you had four things. Okay, fourth item is I can... So I have the saved, saved file on the cloud and I can do total remote work at my house, do my light cues, whatever, without physically being in the building, save it back to the cloud, load it, and it's done. You dog. So for Easter, I did all, basically I did 98% of my light cues from my house. That's awesome. So. Yeah, when I needed to make any adjustments remotely to our lighting using DMXs, I would turn on oh yeah the and you gotta turn the lights on I in could, the room i did all my programming with the lights off yeah and that's a bummer <laughs> because <laughs> i mean i and then i would be also limited to when i could make those changes because what if something's going on in that room right and then all of a sudden i turn on the lights and adjust them <laughs> Because I'm at home. I've, I have freaked remotely. some people out working from home. I'll have like a camera turned on so I can see what's happening in the room and I'll flash the lights or do something and people freak out. Nice. It's pretty fun. How, but, uh, side note, but how do you do that? How do you view what's going on in the room from home? Through my operator view on ProPresenter, I've got a genius feed of a camera that if I know I'm going to be working with lights or something remote, I'll just turn a camera on, zoom it all the way out so it's wide shot of the room. Run home. Run home and I can do whatever. Got it. So, yeah. Game changer I've when you start about doing that. doing like a, putting a webcam, essentially. Yeah, basically the same thing. Anyway, that was a little tangent. So those are my four reasons of like how amazing going to a, I would say more of a I don't want to use the word professional because it might turn some people away of like, oh, I don't need a professional system. But I'd say more of a professional software base versus like DMXs. But it really is easier to use. Oh, it's super easy. Super even, easy. Even building and finding the fixtures, like I felt like there was more detail in it. And with DMXs, I had to like go to some website to download <laughs> new fixtures or create my own. It was like a... And the, I had a login and everything. And this is just, you do your yeah. thing. And Entech's website, there. like their third party website, looked like a 12 year old made it from like the 80s. Yes. Uh, we're, now, not, it, we're still not trying to deter you it from did using DMXs. I still we use it. it. Yeah, we use it. I still it. use it in three of my venues. And I will in two of ours, most likely yeah. for the time being. I don't see us changing it from DMXs at, from our ki- for our kids' rooms. For probably a very long time. Because it's super easy to see a title. Everybody knows it. And know that this is going to change the lighting. It's all programmed. They don't don't have any movers in those two rooms. They don't do anything super crazy. They do have light. They do have LED bars and fixtures that they will change colors. But they're not doing positioning and automation with movers or anything like that. Now, they do have automation with like red to blue and like looks, but it's very simple, basic stuff. Speaking but, of automation, yes, when it comes to DMXs, you're going to have to lead on this one a little bit, but okay. when it comes to DMXs, we had to add, we have to add two command MIDI sig- signals. That's correct. To change 
the lighting cue. Yeah. One so, for the bank yep. and the other for the preset. Correct. Channel 15 and 16. Correct. Very familiar with that. How does that translate over into light key? You the automation. Need, you only need one. You only need one. Yeah. So since it's still, I would still consider us still new to the software because we've only been using it for what, four or five months now? Five months? Yeah. Uh, I'm still kind of in a cleanup phase because I've had so many of those MIDI notes, like because you just said the two MIDI notes per color for DMXs. I'm still in the process of like getting rid of that. The old cues off the songs that you've used in the past right. kind of and, thing? Well, getting rid of the second note and then updating the new note for the new colors. So obviously now with Pro 7 and macros, it's all on macros now, so it's pretty simple, but I'm still in the process of cleaning those up. Yeah. But yeah, it's just one note now that you that you use. So you can put a, a cue in a listen mode, send a MIDI note over, and it will hear it, basically. And then it saves it, and it's done and ready to go. Solid. Boom, boom, boom. So for Easter, we automated those lights from playback. Wouldn't it be great if you could just snap your fingers and immediately you'd get people more involved at your church? Picture it. People would press in during worship. They'd be fully focused during your sermons, and they would be excited to hear announcements. This is the wish of many churches because we all know the struggles of getting the attention of our community. That's where our friends at Church Motion Graphics can help. CMG equips churches with a large library of eye-catching graphics for worship, sermons, announcements, and more that will help you get attention and move your community forward in their faith. With just a few clicks, your church can start looking great, reaching more people and getting more involvement than ever. Head over to churchmotiongraphics.com today. So I've at this point... I've built our fixture library. So you have all of your fixtures in. So I have them all in. Yep. And I plan for this to be in full implementation by this upcoming weekend. Riding strong with light key. Do you have your visual built yet? Like your stage? Yep, I drew in the the trust. I drew in the the, fake people. The fake people, yeah. I didn't put in our screens because... They're super wide. They're super way wide, out, way out yeah. of any field of view of the lights. So yeah. I just kind of left it like there's a box for the you stage. You could do your center lyric. I could. There's, you could. Yeah. So I've built it and I'm excited for this week to yeah. be building out all of those presets and then the looks or cues yeah. for our s- style of yeah. regular so stuff. So we use... We use buttons instead of the cue list for light key. Yeah. So that's what I plan on using yep. as well. I just keep calling it a cue list. That's right. So, yeah. Anyway, um, if I go MIA this next week, it's probably, <laughs> or this week, it's probably because I'm spending too much time with Benji trying to learn light key <laughs> so that I'm not in a panic. <laughs> Hey, you could do it remote. You can program it all remote. Yeah. You don't need to be That's there. That's what I'm learning. I need to do that because I it's amazing. didn't install do the that soft, yet. Install the software on your laptop, open that file up on your computer, and you've got it. At the very beginning of this episode, we kind of talked about why we changed lights 
and looks and things like that. We didn't really talk about it a lot or maybe like the different style of lighting, different positioning of lights, things like that. We've talked about the software, what we use, what we've come from. Let's talk a little bit about why we change the lights specifically, like within a song or between songs. Obviously, we know when a video plays, we dim the lights. So that makes sense. Again, a natural light change. Why do we do it from song to song or within a song? And maybe like, let's talk about fixture placement. Yeah. So when it comes to fixture placement, starting yep. there, we have a front bar of a combination of like ellipsoidal spots and washes. And those are not LED, correct? Those are not LED. Those are incandescent. Yep. So there's, I believe, 18 fixtures up in the ceiling uh-huh. on a bar of lights. And most of those lights are pointed at different zones on our stage. Mm-hmm. And most of them have two lights per zone, from one from each side of the stage Got to it. help with alleviating some of the shadows or the dark well you also spots especially if you're you've got a specific light at a specific spot for a specific reason and in the middle of service a bulb burns out you have a basically a backup or another light that there's something they're not in the dark yeah so it is kind of good to have at least two lights if you're gonna do like a section by section of your stage. And it operates as like your key and your fill light. Right. Um, As we've kind of alluded to and talks about video, you want a key light to be the main source of light on the subject. Usually that's a person in this scenario. Yep. And then a fill light to fill in the other zones. Uh, If your lights are too like straight up and down, it can kind of create that raccoon eye look on some people. So typically the lights should be, from what I have found, around a 45 degree angle from for your subject. That'd as far as like your front ideal. subject lighting. Obviously that does not always work depending on your building, your room, and your setup. But that's kind of where, you, around what you want your lights to be. Yeah. Uh, in addition to, so that's one front line for us is those 18 fixtures. Then we have another line, which is where we have several color washes, LEDs, up in the air, kind of just pointed down as a stage color wash. So is that like want that. more above the stage? More above, more directly above the yeah. stage. That's probably more of a steep, like yep. 85 degree angle sure. kind of thing. 70 degree, 75 degree. Okay. So those are nice. Those are kind of what I lean on for like pre-service or yeah. like during the video. It's like it puts you're, like a little ambiance on yeah. stage. Yeah, you don't need the big spots on, but you want a little bit of color or whatever. You see them when you haze the room, but yep. you don't really notice them otherwise yep. when you don't kind of thing. And then jump from that, which is at the front of the stage in the air, to the back, we have a truss. And for more of like a backlight, for more of a backlighting yep. kind of thing out at the crowd, and then several fixtures on the on the stage itself pointed. Why do you want? Up. Why do you want or need backlighting? What's the importance of that? 
So the backlighting, especially when it comes to the video side of things, mm-hmm. like that's where you really notice it. Yep. Is it helps the subjects stand out from the background. Kind of separates them from separates the back wall them or from whatever. The back wall. Especially in both of our contexts, we have a black wall. It, it's very easy to just lose someone. Especially if they have a black shirt. Yes. Or they're darker skin tone. Yeah. It's very easy to lose that in the wall. Yeah. But the backlighting gives that makes them pop a little bit yep. better. And honestly, every video tutorial I watch that uh, you've you've watched those video tutorials yeah. where it's like here's the key light, here's the fill light and then the backlight. Yep. And then you see them like turn all of them on and off. Yeah. Like it's like wow, that the backlighting is, is doing a lot. So important. So it's, important. It is the one I would say when I'm making videos that I forget the most. Yeah. Or I don't think about the most just because it's not the one that you need to like really see the person. Yeah. But even right now, you got like a nice backlight <laughs> from that lamp. And it's like, wow, that's pretty nice. It's separating you from that. So when you only have the front lighting on a subject, it again, more specifically, more specifically for video, it's very two-dimensional looking. So when you add that backlight is where you really get more of a three three-dimensional look and that subject pops a little bit more. You have a little bit more shadow and glow and things like that. Lighting, like we said in one of our video episodes, like super, super important, important whether it's in person or for video. So, and then, okay, so you, then you get the backlighting. So then you also have stage lighting, stage lighting which is lighting, more for like character, I guess you could say. Although in our case, currently in the set that we've had, we have... Uh, these chloroplast panels that we're shooting yep. light up at on the back side. Yep. And that really does help. Those look really good. Provide some back light. It's, yep. it's not directly on the person's back, which is still helpful to have. But if someone's standing in front of those, it's like a nice silhouette a nice backdrop. kind of thing going yep. on. So, yeah, I really like those things. I'm ready for a new set design, but I really like those things for the, yep. the fact that it, the person is like, especially when it comes to the sermon, our pastor's like stands out from the background right, really right. well yep. on camera. Yep. Do you have any, I think you do. Do you have movers? We have four movers. Okay. So two of them are specifically spot movers mm-hmm. and these are all on the back truss. Got it. And then we have two that are more like, like a, a wash. wash. Got it. LED. Yep color changing mover got it and i've done some fancy things with those with haze when we've done our worship nights and whatnot yeah um fancy things but i think i'll be able to dial in some of the fanciness with likey it's it's way easier it's so far way easier yeah and what i find most exciting is that I have a volunteer that would love to come in and help with some lighting design. Boom. And I tell you what, this kid knows his colors. He's not colorblind. He's not colorblind. You probably don't want to be someone but, that's colorblind uh, doing videos or doing lighting. No, but he has um, he has some sensory thing that he associates color with people or... Nice. Um, emotions or songs or like keys of music and all that kind of stuff so I was kind of like you sound like a lighting designer (laughs) to me that's pretty cool like it's pretty cool and 
So he's been coming in and learning our lighting system. Sweet. So that Tell we him to can download get the him, free version of Likey. Yeah. So we can get him up and running, especially now that it's easier for him to find the salmon button. Yep. Because uh, everyone needs a salmon button. Yeah. Okay. Here's a question for you that I have not asked you off air. So this is total curveball. Ready to rock. Now you just said about the your volunteer kid and all that. What is your favorite color to put on the stage? I'm a sucker for the pink purplish wow, color. Wow, look at you. Nice. Uh, I am a sucker for it because a, it does make me think of the royalty of yep. our savior. And I don't know. It does not look great on camera. It does not typically. Because purples often look blue and blues yep. kind of look purple. <laughs> Like purple is a hard color. It is to get on camera. Yeah. So, but that's that's really my go-to. Nice. Uh, I'm. I also do like an orangish amber. Uh-huh. And mixing the purple with the orange, oh. that's pretty tasteful. Nice. So, I'm gonna return the question. <laughs> this is um, a good question. For me, it's blue. Blue. Uh, blue looks. Like blue on I should have known. You've got blue everywhere. Blue, blue is actually, under the desk. Blue is blue actually, under, <laughs> I know. Blue is actually not my favorite color, but I think in like lighting, blue is just a really cool color. So What's nice about blue is that it's one of the standard colors on it's a easy, light too. Right? Every, so every fixture has a blue. channel three. Yeah. And then I'd say my second one is orange. Like a really deep, yeah. almost red, but not red. It's just a little bit of green and in it. And that blue and orange color combo is yeah. really nice as well. Like the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I would say those two are my favorite uh, colors. We do use a lot of purple. And I would say purple does look really good in the room. It, But like you said earlier, it does not look the best on camera always. But I do like purple. But if I'm thinking of like a full on visual for in the person and live streaming so video live person blue and orange would be my two go-tos so does that mean you're using blue and orange in every service at some point no no okay i would say blue probably yes i don't always use orange because that's orange and red are hard to use sometimes again going back to why we pick specific colors for a song there's not a lot of backgrounds that are red and orange that fit a lot of songs in my opinion there's a lot there's always going to be a lot of blues purples light blue things like that and they look great but there's not always a lot of orange or red for most songs all right i have an alternative question okay what color do you find the most difficult to use green agreed greenish yellow (laughs) green or yellow um I didn't even have to think about that one. Yeah, I don't think anyone does. <laughs> green is a very difficult color to use because it kind of produces that like sick feeling, I guess. Like it, when you look yeah. at someone lit in green. Yep. I would say that and also this might be this might be just totally off and no one might ever think about this. But when I go to a church and I see the lights as green especially during the message just makes me think about, they're going to talk about money and tithing, Mm. which can come across 
that that has that tends to have a bad taste in people that don't always go to church's yeah. mind. So, I can see that. I um, probably would be guilty of putting the lights green if I knew we were talking about money. That might be something that yeah. I would do. Sure. But yeah, I would say green just in general. I don't remember the last time I've done green. Now we do like an aqua that's got like green hint to it, yeah. but it's more blue than it is green. So, but yeah, we don't, I don't think I've ever used ever a straight green ever. Yeah. That was super easy. I knew we would both get that <laughs> answer right. So if you're listening to this podcast, do yourself a favor. Don't use too much green. No. It's just, it, anytime I see it, it can kind of be like, because it reminds me of green vomit. <laughs> so All right. Next time I see green. Un- uneasy. <laughs> I can think about Eric and green vomit. And if you know me, I have a history of vomiting. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Anyways. So let's quickly talk about <laughs> color choices within or for a song slash within a song. I'm going to throw a question at you and see what color you pick. Yeah. If a song is talking about, let's just say, sin or blood, what color would you use? Red. Right. You probably wouldn't use yellow or green for that. No. Right? That was easy. I know. That was easy. So, yeah. Good Friday. There's a lot of red. A lot of red. What about a song that talks about water or ocean blue right light light blue any form of blue really so you probably don't want to use red when you're talking about waters and ocean and or sky and clouds yeah chance most likely yeah so 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 you are paying attention to the lyrics that you're singing when you're planning out right so i look at the song i kind of see okay what's the song about mostly like what are the words the context things like that then from there, I'm going to pick a background that hopefully enhances that. And back in our visual podcast, we talked about you don't want to use a fast moving background for a slow song and vice versa, right? So I'm taking all that into account. And then after that, once I find the background, then I'm setting the lights. And similarly, you would not want your lights to be flashy. <laughs> No. And twirling all about <laughs> if they're movers during a slow song. No. That would be not tasteful. Not very tasteful. Probably more distracting than it is. The the point is you want to draw people in to a moment. And that moment can be enhanced with your lights. Of course. Like, like you did a great job, especially when the singers would have their solo yep. moments Thank you. on Easter. Yep. They stood in the spot zone. Yep. And then you'd bring everyone Basically, in. Like as the choir would sing or the audience would be more able, should be able to sing. Then I brought up the rest of the it lights. It focuses like your that. attention. Like, hey, look yep. here. Yep. Again, you can have just lights on and n- not much of a change. And the song will probably be great. The band will do great. No issue. The lights can take it to that next step where it really draws people in to a moment that they may have had, whether you did the lights or not, but they probably will have if you do stuff with lights that are tasteful and enhancing, not distracting. So very similar to the background thing. 
if you haven't picked it up, like whatever you are doing with the lights, you want it to be tasteful, not distracting. Right. Because ultimately it is still about the gospel. The right. We're not trying to make Christ. we're not trying to make a light show to be cool. Maybe. Sometimes we are. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe you are. But it is it's not about the cool factor. It's right. about like, hey, if I do this, I can hopefully point especially like artists to Jesus and yep. to know him. Yep, definitely. Wow. That was a fun conversation. That was good. I am going to go back to my church and get my presets and looks up and running so that we can up, fully utilize go. our new lighting control software. I can't wait to DMXs. see your lighting on the weekend. Thanks. No pressure. I know. <laughs> There's always pressure. No pressure. Thanks for listening. Yep. Um, This week, I've got a little guy named um, Michael W. Smith coming. Just a little guy. To hang out. Nice. It's a sold out show. Sweet. So. When is that? It's Wednesday. Nice. Yeah. All right. We will uh, talk to you guys next Monday. Have a great week and weekend. See you later. Bye.